This is Jim Weber from LostLetterman.com, and I'm joined by Kaylee Hartung of the SEC Network and just ESPN at large. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So first question I wanted to ask you is, you just turned 30 on Saturday. For anyone wondering where you were on the SEC Network, how did you celebrate the Big 3-0? Uh, well, the, the Big 3-0 started off in Oxford, Mississippi. SEC Nation was down there uh, before the Ole Miss-Arkansas game that turned out to be such a thriller, uh, but had a really fun show that morning. Uh, the SEC Nation family took great care of me, and I'll tell you this, Paul Feinbaum carried a cake onto the set for me a couple of minutes before the show was about to start. Oh, and nice. If only uh, Greg McElroy hadn't been there to catch it, the cake would have been across the front of the desk on the set for the beginning of that show. Uh. Um, <laughs> pretty close to a fumble. Uh, but yeah, I had some birthday cake for breakfast before the show started. Had a really fun show at Ole Miss. And then um, I actually didn't have to stay for that game, um, which was which was welcome news, if you will, to have an evening off. And um, I actually headed up to New York City and caught up with some friends and had a great night in the city. Oh, nice. off to a good start. Nice. Yeah, I, I missed that. I thought you got the whole day off, but they still made you work the morning? Of course. Yeah. I can't, I can't just take the day off. doesn't quite work that way in football season. Yeah, got it. So I wanted to give a little background for people. I think people are very familiar with you now being on ESPN and if they follow Texas, they know you from your time in the Longhorn Network. But it's really been quite a rise for you. Um, after graduating, you spent the first five years at Face the Nation as a producer for that show and a BFF of Bob Schaefer, if, if I can say that. And then you, you <laughs> dabbled on air a little bit uh, while at CBS, went to the CBS Sports Network through your connection at Face the Nation, then the Longhorn Network, and now the SEC Network. Uh, by the time you just turned 30. What has it been like, and what has been the key to your success getting there? Oh, I wish I knew what the key was, because um, I keep using it. But, yeah, I appreciate you doing your homework there. It's a pretty uh, all-encompassing bio. Um, but, yeah, started off at, at CBS News, and as far as I'm concerned, that was such an incredible training ground, and that I, I got to be by Bob Schieber's side for five years. And I think reporting, whether you're talking about sports or politics, you know, it's all the same craft. It's, it's, they're both businesses of relationships and, and understanding how to be an effective communicator and storyteller and, and also how to do your research and prepare properly. And there was really no better place for me to learn how to do that than with Bob. Um, you know, I was – always a fan of sports just growing up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was so surrounded by it growing up around LSU. Um, but I never you know, necessarily sat there as a kid and thought about wanting to be on the sidelines. I thought it'd be fun. Um, but, you know, coming out of school, the opportunity at CBS news was so unique and so special. That was a, a no brainer for me. Um, while I was there, Bob being the greatest boss that I will ever have, you know, my apologies to anybody at ESPN I work for, um, but Bob was, Bob is such an incredible mentor and such a special person to work for and that he's so, he loves being around young people, you know, to a guy who doesn't feel his age uh, at all. Um, he was a wonderful resource for me in so many ways, but also made sure I had every opportunity I wanted to meet anybody that came through the door. And so that included the folks at CBS Sports and and they really took a chance on me. I was doing some pieces for CBSNews.com and and tried to take on a sports angle from time to time when when it was appropriate. 
And Bob, unbeknownst to me, was sending links of my pieces to the president of CBS Sports. Wow. Which, you know, was kind of one of those moments where, you know, like you talk to your dad or your grandfather where you're <laughs> like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. But obviously it was coming from the, the best place possible in Bob's heart to do that. And um, the, the folks at CBS Sports Network gave me a chance to work sidelines for a couple of Navy home games. I was living in Washington, D.C., so it was a short drive to Annapolis. And um, and then it sort of sort of went from there. But if, I don't know, gosh, if there's any key to success here for me, or I don't know, you know what we're measuring success by, but I would just say the key to my trajectory has been just working hard. Um, you know, just sort of putting my head down and, and always making sure I'm showing up prepared and, and always taking advantage of the opportunities before me and, and doing best my best to build good relationships and and um, just taking it one day at a time. I <laughs> certainly never could have never could have projected or predicted what the past you know what my twenties would have looked like. Um, I was actually I had a conversation with Bob on my birthday on Saturday as I was um, in a car driving to the Memphis airport from Oxford. Um, and I realized I first met him when I was 21 years old and I, I sort of thanked him for escorting me through my twenties because I certainly wouldn't be where I am today without him. Yeah. That's a pretty good mentor to have in journalism. Um, <laughs> one thing I was wondering, um, about your job now is that I, I find it interesting that I think the public at large views people on, uh, television as, you know, personalities or entertainers as opposed to journalists. And I feel like there's especially a stigma with sideline reporting, then it's not real reporting. How do you kind of combat that perception, and do you face that at all while you're on the job? So as far as I'm concerned, sideline reporting is just one part of what I do. One of the things that was so wonderful about my opportunity with Longhorn Network, and I think it's a rare opportunity in that I got to do a little bit of everything. I got to host a studio show. I got to craft feature stories. I got to do sideline reporting, reporting at other live events. And and my goal as a broadcaster is to be well-rounded. And that was an incredible two years to get the on-air reps to become or to try to become as much of a well-rounded reporter and broadcaster as I can be. So, you know, I, I, I absolutely understand the question, um, but I don't see myself pigeonholed by that one facet of my job. Got it. I guess it's the most prominent, but or the, what people know you the best for, but not necessarily uh, the biggest responsibility you have. Um, yeah, another, another thing I was wondering is that, you know, I, I know you were at CBS for about five years, so you're relatively new on air, and it's kind of amazing to go from being behind the camera to, I, I'm guessing you'll shy away from this, but you were definitely a celebrity, at least in the sports world. What is it like <laughs> for people to, to come up to you and recognize you or you know, people on air to say, we love you, you're gorgeous, or get uh, marriage proposals <laughs> on Twitter? Yeah, no. <laughs> So funny to hear you characterize it that way. Um, but yeah, my judging by the proposals on Twitter, you would think my social life is like way more exciting <laughs> than it actually is. Um, but you know, it, at CBS News, it was as I said earlier, it was such an incredible training ground. But also, I think coming at it from behind the camera, the things I understand about what everyone who works on a broadcast does helps me be better at my job and helps, you know, my communication with everybody on my crew. Um, so in, in that vein, it's starting that way. I wouldn't have changed a thing about, you know, the way that I, I came up into this. Um, 
because for me, the transition on camera was just sort of the next evolution, but I needed the foundation that I got behind the camera. Um, you know, it's, it's such a straight, this year has been very different for me comparative to any other year in my career. Um, I I don't know. I, I think I'm still kind of processing it and, and taking it one, I guess, particularly one, one weekend at a time. Uh, but it's, it's super flattering, you know. It's just I appreciate everybody's, you know, kindness and and uh, enthusiasm. Uh, who said times when they when they meet me and it's really great and I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's you know something important to keep in mind. It's um, it's it's really neat. Yeah, um, I, I you know I can't really put it any other way. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's still absolutely shocking to me. I mean, it, like I la- I laugh out loud. Uh, like out of like, can, I'm laughing most of the time <laughs> on Saturdays throughout the course of an SEC Nation broadcast, and you know I'm running from one segment to the next, and you know college dudes are asking to take pictures with me, and I I find it hilarious. Um, but also, everybody. So the fun thing about working in sports is that you know at least in the, the pregame show, especially of SEC Nation, like everybody's in a good mood at that yeah. point. You know, nobody's lost a game. So everybody's right. like, there for the party and, and it's fun to get to be a part of that in a sense you know but it's, it's it's also been funny at times you know when working a game where I've seen you know guys like post a picture on Twitter like well my team lost but I got a picture with Kaylee yeah right <laughs> like, well, hey buddy you know <laughs> if I can help you have a better day I'm really glad <laughs> I can do yeah that. I'm wondering but what you know not on game days let's say you're just uh, out at a bar or a restaurant or at an airport, what is the average fan that comes up to you? Is it the SEC fanatic that says, hey, what do you think about Alabama's chances? Is it the frat bro that comes up with the marriage proposal? Is it just, you know, women that say, I think it's great what you're doing? I mean, what, what's kind of the average person that comes up to you? Um, I think you pretty much just covered the spectrum. I have to, I should, we, we should clarify. I don't think I've been proposed to in person. Okay. You know, so it's always over social come media. By, come by way of social media. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a fun spectrum of people. And, you know, I think one of the coolest things about my job is that I get to be a part of days, moments in people's lives that, that they, always remember, you know, like, especially for me when it comes to the college world series and I'm on the field when somebody wins a national championship, you know, and I get to interview a coach after that incredible win or the star player after that big game, like that to me is really neat that I get to share in those moments. So, and I feel incredibly lucky to get to do it. So I think similarly for a lot of the fans who come up to me, you know, it's, it's always fun when we can like share a story. You know, when they say, you worked this game, and I was there, and it was awesome, and, you know, and I'm like, that's so cool that you think back to this really special day, this really fun experience, and I was a part of that, or, you know, or you were, even if you were sitting at home watching a game, you know, that you really enjoyed watching, and I was a part of that, like, that, that to me is pretty special. Yeah, another thing I think is interesting of the social media age is all the engagement that fans have with on-air people, whether it's positive or negative. What's it like for you to deal with fans that say that you cursed their team or that you, you know, did a story in a negative angle? I know the the TCU game in the World College World Series stands out that people thought, you know, you personally were responsible for that guy blowing uh, a perfect game and their game. Yeah, 
That was a rough uh, couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, am, I am not exaggerating when I say I just stayed off of social media for like, I don't know, at least three days yeah. um, following that TCU game. Because I just, you know, you just, you get to, you can choose. That's one thing about social media. You can choose to read everything bad that's written about you. You just as you can choose to read everything good that's written about you. Or you can choose to not. And that was a scenario in which I just didn't see what good would come of all of the vitriol that, um, that was out there in those following days. Um, yeah, that, that part of it is, is hard. And, I, and, and I'll admit, that was one of the hardest 24-hour periods of my career for me. You know, I just, I've, ne- I've never had vitriol um, spit at me in that way. And, and what's very ironic about it all for me is Bob Schieffer actually went to TCU. The first oh, really? college football game I ever worked was TCU Wyoming on CBS Sports Network in the fall of 2012. I have an incredible relationship with the administration at TCU, with you know Gary Patterson, with Jim Schlossnagel, their baseball coach. Um, I mean, like Trent, Trent Johnson, their basketball coach. I mean, I know everyone there, and I adore the people there. Um, so it was, it was sort of an ironic moment for that fan base to be so angry with me. And I understand why they were. And, you know, I don't even need to get into really explaining that entire situation, um, except to say it is very odd how people, when, whether, again, like I said, and that's the thing, you can also be, be very affected by if you read all the great things out there about you, you know, um, just as much as all the negative, but it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting time. I mean, actually I was having a conversation with Jesse Palmer a couple days ago about, you know, would he have done the bachelor, uh, when he was 23 (laughs) years old in the age of social media, you know? And he was like, I can't imagine what that experience would have been like with social media being now what it is. It's, you know, it's, it's changed the dynamics and the, the window folks have, you know, for at times, I think for better and at times for worse. You know, I, I do think the, that there are times where that access that, that people have or the way social media can humanize a person is great. Um, and the way that, that it can allow folks who seem so off limits to connect with people who, who are really interested in knowing more about them in a healthy way, you know, in a, in a way that's not intrusive. But at the same time, it can be um, it can be pretty it can be pretty uncomfortable yeah. and pretty scary when you're on the bad end of it. Yeah, how are fans in general toward you on social media? Because I know it's just so easy to be mean to someone when you're anonymous. And I see you know Sam Ponder, Kirk Herbstreit getting really hateful messages when it's not like they're out there uh, saying anything controversial. And it kind of surprises me that you can really do nothing to inflame people, but still get a ton of hate directed your way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I do not know what it's like to be in Kirk's shoes or to be in Sam's shoes, you know, at the level they're at in college game day is the most popular, most widely watched, most paid attention to show that has anything to do with college football by a mile. Um, but from the lens that, that I'm under, truth be told, and as soon as I say this, I should knock on wood and I wish I'd do it right now. <laughs> Flood of hate um, coming. Yeah, but but people have been incredibly nice to me. That's why I, the incident at the College World Series with the TCU fans was so shook me up as badly as it did at the time because I'd never experienced it before. Um, it, it surprises me on a pretty consistent basis how 
nice and complimentary people are. And I'm so appreciative of it. So appreciative of it. Even more so once I understood what it was like to be, you know, in sort of a, be the target of feelings that were very the opposite. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you take the good with the bad and, and you just, you know, you just keep doing your job. Right. I wanted to ask you about your SEC network family. It's quite the cast of characters with Paul Feinbaum and Marcus Spears and Tim Tebow and Joe Tessitore, especially Tim Tebow, who is a god, especially in uh, SEC country. And I've heard from many people that Tim Tebow is off camera just like he is on camera. I was wondering if you could give us one story of Tim Tebow off camera where he was, uh, you saw his sainthood up close and personal. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, just to hear, <laughs> just drive that way. Uh, yeah, our SEC Nation crew is super close. And I feel insanely lucky to be supported by those guys on Saturdays. And then my Thursday night ESPN crew with Joe Tessitore and, and Jesse Palmer and David Pollock uh, earlier in the week. But yeah, Tim is a, he's a pretty fascinating guy to observe um, from the seat I've had for the past you know, year and a half. I mean, I've watched grown women burst into tears at the sight of him. <laughs> like, it's, it is unlike anything I have ever witnessed. I'll say this, you know, Tim has his foundation, the Tim Tebow Foundation. He just opened a hospital in the Philippines in February. And the he is, one of the things his foundation does is they will um, sponsor kids, uh, whether they're in the midst of an incredible battle with an illness or if they've just beaten it. Um, and we have a kid almost every week join us at SEC Nation as a guest of the Tim Tebow Foundation. And, you know, Tim goes to dinner with them the night before the game, I mean, the night before our show, and then they're at the show, and they get to take photos with us, and hang out with us, and they're on our bus, and, and then they go to the game, and, you know, they're on the sideline, or they get great seats, or, you know, whatever it is. But to see Tim week in and week out with these children is it's everything you want Tim to be. You know, it's everything you imagine Tim being in terms of this incredible person with this wonderful heart and this incredible uplifting spirit. And that has been really cool to see. And each one of these, you know, every week, Tim's like, this kid is the coolest. You know, this kid yeah. is incredible. This kid is the best. And he, he, he's, I'll say this about Tim. He is one of the most genuine, good-hearted people I've ever met in my life. And that is... Uh, from spending, I mean, the, the number of hours, you know, our family spends together at SEC Nation is, is hilarious. And he is, he's incredibly genuine in that spirit that you want to believe is really him. It, it absolutely is. Yeah, I was wondering, um, I was wondering what just like a, a random conversation with Tim Tebow is like. Like if you say, hey, I went to New York City with my friends on Saturday night to celebrate my birthday. Is he like, you know, oh, I was at an orphanage you know, feeding the homeless. Like, okay, can- whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not that drastic. <laughs> okay. Not, you know, like, go crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, Tim is, Tim's a normal guy. I mean, you know, he, um, sure, he's not going to, like, come out to a bar, you know, for my 30th birthday or anything. Yeah. But, um, but he's, a, he's a super normal guy. He's great at catchphrase. He's really good at catchphrase. I can beat him at catchphrase, but he's really <laughs> okay. good at it. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, I just introduced him to Dub Smash. Uh, he's pretty fascinated with Dub Smash right now. We're trying to come up with our next great Dub Smash. We put one out last weekend, I think it was. 
um, that he was pretty excited about. But if you've, you've got any good suggestions for a dub smash you'd like to see Tim Tebow do, I can make that happen. All right. Um, we will definitely put that out on Twitter. I guess, you know, for, <laughs> for someone like me that just sees Tim Tebow on TV, it's hard to imagine him like off TV, not being Tim Tebow and just having a regular conversation. So it's interesting to hear about these uh, interests or things he's getting into um, that you guys share in common. For sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a super normal, normal guy. We have normal conversations. Um, you know, and the thing is, if you want to ask him about his last trip to an orphanage in the Philippines, he'll talk to you about it, you know, yeah. but in no way is he going to just interject, you know, the story of, I mean, he's incredibly humble in the, he's had amazing impacts on so many people's lives. And, and that's, I don't know that I personally know anyone who has impacted people more than he has, whether it's just by being who he is or with the support of his foundation or with his hospital. Um, but you know, he's, he's not going to, to put that on you. You know, if you want to ask him about it, he'll talk to you about it, but yeah. you know, it's not like how he, it's not an icebreaker in a conversation. <laughs> with a stranger. Got it. All right. Last question I had for you is um, you've got your background in news You've been working in sports the last couple of years. Now, I know, you know you're probably just looking forward to uh, doing what you can at the SEC Network, but I'm kind of curious if you've thought about you know, where you're going to be in 10, 20 years. I mean, you could be anywhere from uh, the Today Show to 60 Minutes to SportsCenter to calling games. I mean, do you, do you put thought into where you want this to ultimately lead? You know, I certainly think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. But... You know, I really, I could not have predicted the way these past 10 years would, would work out or even the past eight or the past two. Uh, I really couldn't have. It's been so crazy and it's been so much fun and I feel insanely lucky that it's worked out how it has to this point. So it's really hard for me to say, here's exactly what I want and here's where I see myself when I turn 40, 10 years from now. And I think there's a part of me that, just doesn't want to put myself in that box. Yeah. Um, there's a, I, I want to really, I think the way I've approached things thus far is just to take advantage of the opportunities as they've come and, uh, you know, work my butt off and see what happens. And I, that's, I think the approach I'm going to take for the next 10 years, uh, are there shows or events I would like to contribute to? Of course. Would I love to work the sidelines for a Super Bowl? Absolutely. You know, would, would I, and I'll tell you this, if there's one program I want to contribute to before I die, it's 60 minutes. And yeah. I hope <laughs> Jeff Fager and Bill Owens, uh, the producers of 60 minutes, you know, I'll, I'll forward this podcast to them so they can hear me say that out loud over and over again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the best storytelling on television. And from my background at CBS News, just knowing the folks who work there and knowing how dedicated they are to that show and the passion that they have for it, you know, that's, that's the one thing I'm willing to say out loud. I really, it would really mean the world to me to be a part of. Uh, but beyond that, I'm, I'm very, very content to just keep working and see what happens and, and hope that but, you know, we'll keep rolling along. Yeah, well, it's worked very well for the first eight years out of school, and we definitely look forward to the day you're on 60 Minutes. We'll know that we heard it here <laughs> first. So uh, that's all my questions. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. All right, bye.